Warning, the following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. and welcome to this week's episode of this week's episode. I'm your host, Evan Goldstein. With me as always is the offbeat Karen Randezzo. You're an idiot, Steve Harrington. And the bizarre Chris Randezzo. Have you ever heard of Merkwood? <laughs> yeah, as as I was rewatching the episode, I was I was trying to figure out had no idea what you guys were going to say. <laughs> Neither did we. <laughs> We're here on this week's episode talk television. Sometimes we get spoilery, so just deal. This week, <laughs> I got the opportunity to choose the show. And I didn't realize that it has taken us this long to talk about this show. I, it, 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 we we still haven't. Have we? Not at all? I feel like we did a little bit. Not Anywho, yet. Stranger Things. There we go. Season now one. Now we started talking about it. The episode end. one. The end. <laughs> it was strange. There were things. The Ta-da. Uh, the, I didn't realize it also had a title, The Vanishing of Will Byers. That's really mm. putting it out there on Front Street. <laughs> mm. So let's do this a little differently because, Chris, you brought up a very valid point. We told them what we were going to watch, so we don't have to really go over it step by step, Right. I, I, I concur. I, is that fair? Like I think we, that is fair. We gave them a homework assignment. It's a, it's fair for us to assume that they completed said homework assignment. Indeed. Right. If you didn't do your homework, it's your own damn fault. Word. <laughs> your mom should probably ground you. <laughs> All right. So let's 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 chat about the opening of this this show. Pre best soundtrack ever. The darkness and and the creepiness totally sets the pace for the entirety of the show. Now I'm I'm already forgetting. Um, is there a pre-credits thing, or are you just uh, it, does it start with just the whole? No, thought? it started in the uh, the random scientist dude running down the, the hallway. Facility. That's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. By himself, and then gets captured, eaten by the head. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it 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 was so like going into this outside of the title, I had no idea what to expect. Did and, I? Yeah, same here. I, all I knew, all I knew about this going in was that it had a shit ton of '80s references, and it somehow involved children, and like that was pretty much all I knew about it. And then everyone on Earth saying, "You need to watch this. It's the most amazing thing." And uh, turns out they weren't wrong. No, not at all. I mean. Yes, this this show is chock full of 80s, which makes me realize I'm really not an 80s kid. I'm more of a late 80s, early 90s kid. Because, granted, I, I like you know you know most of the music and whatnot, but I I didn't consciously choose to watch certain things until like 86, 87, you know, mm-hmm. 10, 11 years old maybe, and there are like. 
it's it's dripping with 80s. The clothes, the way they talk, the shit that they're doing. It's perfectly it is very done. efficient. Yeah, it's very efficiently <laughs> set in the 80s. Um, there's also... Um, see, this is something that I don't understand. This keeps happening to me while I'm podcasting. I'll just start talking and Siri will pick up my phone. Like, I don't know what the trigger word is. Or it's just like, <laughs> and now you're talking to Siri. And then it goes, beep, beep. And I'm like... Fuck you, phone. I didn't. Well, ask maybe for any Siri of that. has something to say. <laughs> maybe she does. Maybe she likes the eighties. Like, um, so uh, I, I, I love old eighties movies uh, mm-hmm. quite a bit, and but I, I wasn't really looking all that intently for references, but I, I did notice uh, in this episode, uh, like straight away when I was watching it, the one that really jumped out at me was E.T. Um, oh yeah. When. He's running away from the when uh, the the kid is running away from the monster, and right. he runs from his house to the shed. Mm-hmm. Like that shot was from ET. Like when they're running out to the shed in the backyard, it's like holy crap, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> and in this, I'm trying to think if the, if we missed anybody that we that appears later on in the show, but I'm pretty sure we got every character in this in this first episode. Yeah, I think you're right. Like I every mean, major character. Yeah, every yeah, yeah, you're right. I didn't even th- I didn't even realize that. Yeah, everybody I mean, and some of the best characters in my opinion are gone by the end of this episode. I thought Will was the best of the four children or five if you count <laughs> 11. The kid was sweet, he was honest, he was friendly, unlike every other one of them has some sort of major flaw. And um, the the diner dude, Ben. Yeah, Bill. the diner dude, who I did not realize <laughs> is on. He's one of the main characters on This Is Us on NBC. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, and he looks like hell. <laughs> he looks, you know, he's, he's he's relatively. I don't know if in shape's the right word, but he plays a big fat guy in This Is Us, and oh. he didn't strike me as a big fat guy on Stranger Things. No, more. Biker esque, yeah, you know maybe biker esque. Like he just struck good. me as a big guy, burly, like, burly. burly. Ooh, he struck me word. as more of an Evan. You know, <laughs> oh, you're a, you're a, you're a big burly guy. You're not a big fat guy. You're just a big guy. And in <laughs> this is us. He's a big fat guy. It's so weird. <laughs> well, we're it's not all about to be angles. mean. That's that's part of the plot. <laughs> yeah, this yeah, yeah. Us, no, yeah. That they're you know. <laughs> He met this woman at a Overeaters Anonymous group or a eating uh, disorder group. Yeah. That is actually his character is a big fat guy. <laughs> it's that's the in the credits, Steve, <laughs> yes. the big fat guy. Big fat guy. <laughs> gotcha. Um, I mean, the incorporation of Dungeons and Dragons because that was humong. Like, no matter mm-hmm. how big it is now, it was humongous back in the eighties. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, because there was it was something awesome for kids to do because you know video games weren't that prevalent quite yet i mean and there certainly was no internet yet yeah there was no internet you know like your video games were stuff like atari and, and whatnot but the playing fact D was the fact that you know, three the of direction. the kids flipped out over a ham radio like straight up <laughs> lost their shit because their teacher got a ham radio like that's the era in which we're dealing with yeah and it's really cool now this is while we're while we're talking about 80s references uh i had a really interesting experience um last week 
one of the nights, I don't even remember which night it was, in, in, in recent memory, our daughter decided that neither of us were allowed to sleep, mm. or only one of us was allowed to sleep at a time. Uh, so I stayed up with her for a very long time, and uh, while, while looking for ways to entertain myself, I started flipping through HBO Go, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm flipping through, just looking for, like, what, what is something that's going to keep me interested? And I came upon Cloak and Dagger. Oh, my which, God. Which uh, I mentioned to you a good long <laughs> while ago. You, you just randomly said, I'm looking for a good 80s movie to watch. And I was like, Cloak and Dagger. Like, holy crap, I forgot that even existed. <laughs> so now I haven't seen this movie since I was a little kid. And I was like, "Yeah, that's that's the one. I want to I want to watch Cloak and Dagger. It's got tons of Atari references. I I I, I love I I liked this movie when I was little. I really want to see how it holds up. And Cloak and Dagger, I didn't realize, is where they got the title sequence from, like the title mm-hmm. font. I didn't realize that that was that was it. But as soon as the little thing opened up in the movie and it was the red on black font, I was like." Oh shit! Stranger Things. <laughs> That's pretty cool. And then I'm watching the movie, and it's about like you know a little ki- these two these two little kids, and they're all like excited to being around all this like nerdy technology. In the case of Cloak and Dagger, it's video games. But then they bust out their walkie talkies, and they're like the, the same gigantic ones. Gigantic walkie talkies. The gigantic walkie talkies. <laughs> they're like the same ones in Stranger Things. Like, oh man. The Stranger Things dudes loved Cloak and Dagger, and like that's a movie you never hear anyone talk about. Like, it's I've literally never heard of it before you Netflix it last it. week. <laughs> it's on Netflix. Yeah, it's, we'll have to we'll have to watch it sometime. It is definitely an '80s movie, and it is a uh, it's it, it's much like Stranger Things. Like you can tell that this is the kind of thing where they get that they draw that inspiration from because it is a movie where children are in real danger. Like <laughs> people are firing guns trying to murder these kids. Like it is yeah. there's a point where I didn't get to finish the watching the entire movie. There was a point where uh, their nerd friend, uh the spies had like tracked their nerd friend down and killed him and stuffed him in a trunk. And, like, the kid needed to hide somewhere, and so he opens up the trunk, and the dead guy's in there, and he crawls in the trunk with the corpse to hide from the guy that's trying to kill him. It's like, <laughs> wow, dude, I think this movie's rated PG. <laughs> um, this is not okay. <laughs> oh, the good old days. <laughs> and and it's absolutely true. These, like, the, the danger in which these kids are in, and this goes out throughout the entire entirety of this show is like real like when Eleven shows up she is in danger granted she gets a little respite with Bill or Ben but we know right away that this girl is in some sort of trouble yeah and that's not normal for for television now it's not really normal for a lot anymore I mean that's kind of why Super 8 when that movie came out was so special Mm-hmm. Because it felt like one of those old Spielberg yes. movies mm-hmm. where, like, you know, kids would want to watch it because kids identify with the kids in the movie, but kids would also be terrified to death of it. Like, I mean, you didn't, you wouldn't watch Goonies, right? Like, Yeah, when I... <laughs> uh, Goonies was the entertainment of choice at my first sleepover at age six, and I was scared of, you know, they, they were going around dark caves and there were skulls there was the big sloth the big scary looking guy even Mm -hmm. though he turned out to be good guy i'm six i don't know (laughs) um and i ended up like not watching the movie hiding in my sleeping bag with it pulled over my head and just like trying not to hear everything that i thought was scary 
Uh, and then I went 20 years before I actually saw <laughs> Goonies from that point. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to lie. The, the scene with the, the piano, the skull piano playing, that scared the shit out of me. Because every oh, time I'm, they hit the wrong the, note. Yeah. With Karen, with the, with Sloth, that character, he terrified me. <laughs> he just absolutely terrified me. <laughs> um, I wanted to... Okay. There are a lot of people in this show. There are a lot of characters. I want to ask you who you disliked the most. Steve. Steve. <laughs> I hate Steve. Okay. Let me let me qualify that. I hate him less by the end. He did have a little bit of redemption. He stuck around and showed that he wasn't like a hor- completely horrible person through and through. However, he was just Steve, mostly horrible. <laughs> he is every gross dude that I have ever met. He is every like everything you see that uh, any feminist post about how like men don't treat women correctly mm-hmm. and uh, just men who are like Steve just don't seem to understand like what's wrong with what they're doing which makes that much more disgusting (laughs) just the way he like put the pressure on nancy made her feel bad about herself made her like you know just i felt uncomfortable for nancy yeah like yeah Every time there was an interaction between, and they were always the most romantic interactions, you know, the high school bathroom, him sneaking mm-hmm. in. I mean, s- oodles of romance. But and it he, and it was seeing guys like that in TV and movies of that era that this is referencing of the eighties mm-hmm. that made me think that that it was okay for guys to act like that for like a lot of my life. And you know what? What is interesting is the way that they treated that character. Is that by the end of the sh- by the end of the se- season, they m- had it turn out that he liked Nancy, like he liked Nancy more than he liked being a douchebag. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, that was his personal struggle throughout the entire show. Yeah, like he is naturally a complete douche, and but he likes Nancy, and Nancy is good enough of a character. To kind of turn him a little bit. And honestly, if you really think about it, Steve was the big winner of the show. Everybody else is like Jonathan, you know, the the, the, the weird, uh, what's her name? The kid? older brother. The older brother. Yeah. He didn't, he got like the, 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 the Will's family. Yeah, it may seem okay now, but we know shit's going sideways for season two. Um, Nancy is now stuck with Steve. Poor Nancy. And that's <laughs> the thing is, in contrast to Steve, that makes Nancy that much more awesome of a character. By mm. the time she's like going out and looking for a baseball bat and she's going to go with Jonathan to try and find Will, like, she, that was not a character you saw in the 80s. Uh, you know, a teenage girl taking initiative and putting her, herself in danger to try and help someone else. Right. It's just you didn't get to see it's, that. It wasn't it wasn't a common thing, absolutely not. Um out of the kids, which did you like the least? They all do a phenomenal job Man, acting. That's tough. Well, which did I like the least? Mm-hmm. I mean the main <laughs> kid 
to an extent, but I kind of identified with him a lot. I'd kind of have to lean towards the black kid because I thought he was being kind of a jerk. He for, is for the entirety of the fr- at least okay yeah for the he first was episode he was a jackass. 11, but I got where he was coming from you know like <laughs> I understood he was very protective of his group and you know eleven shows up and there's nothing but trouble and I don't know I, I kind of got where he was coming from like he I didn't like... dislike him but he was being more of a jerk longer than I think he needed to be so he I guess like, I took off from the group for a little while right mm-hmm. like yeah he, he was did just... yeah. Like, that's that's my problem with that character is like your friend is legitimately missing maybe dead and and your the rest of your friends are trying to do something about it and you're just gonna peace out because you don't like how your friend likes this girl more than you like that's not cool and mm. and not for nothing eleven what happened to the bro code <laughs> bros before weird strange girls that show up out of the way nowhere that girl eleven uh, Miley or Millie Millie she did. A phenomenal job without, with maybe saying seven to twelve words the entirety of the episode. <laughs> like her, her visual acting was leaps and bounds over her her age range. And that actress is adorable. I don't know how much <laughs> how many interviews you saw of her when uh, when the show first debuted, but she is just such a charming little person. <laughs> <laughs> She's adorable. Just pick her up, put her in your pocket. The the fact that the the show kept splitting it it was like there was three or four little shows happening all at the same time because you have Will's family which I like I couldn't relate like I felt like Winona Ryder was just like I don't know if she was overacting or I didn't feel bad for her now her his brother the the. The older brother, Jonathan, I genuinely felt bad for for his character. Like he oh, was, I I would disagree, man. I I bought Winona Ryder hook, line, and sinker in this. I don't co-signed. Jeez, gee, like yeah. criminy when she was on the phone, when she thought that he, when she realized that he was talking to her, and she mm-hmm. just loses her shit. Mm-hmm. I that that scene, I mean, even the second time around, that scene affected me. Like it's. I was so impressed with Monona Ryder in the series. I thought she did just a, just incredible. See, uh, yeah, I, and and absolutely, you know, that's that's your opinion. I felt Jim, the the the, the sheriff, the sheriff, he did a phenomenal job as well. Oh, I completely agree. Yeah, because he's awesome. His his like the loss that he portrayed because. Dealing with the fact that his daughter is gone, is is dead, you could see him dealing with that in everything that he did throughout this whole episode. And, and he plays a spectacular douche. He does. <laughs> he really, he really does. He he owns that quite well. And he was a. Uh, it took. It was. This was another one of the things that took me a little while when we were watching it the first time. I didn't want to look it up on IMDb, and I was like, God, where do I know this guy from? <laughs> and he was, he was uh, Elliot Hirsch on uh, on Newsroom. Uh-huh. And uh, that's just, boy, what a different character. Mm-hmm. What, what a different character. Uh, but yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. You saw, you, you, you picked up on the layers of his character uh, throughout the entire episode. He was, there. I don't think there's anybody in this that I didn't think was great at mm-hmm. what they were doing. Like, even Steve Harrington, like, that actor played that part perfectly. <laughs> yes, and that part is John Ralphio's son. 
<laughs> which is hysterical that they then did that bit on social media where the two of those actors got together. <laughs> I the the the, perf- the the way the show got everything that it needed to get out in the first episode to hook you completely was magical. It when it comes to Netflix shows, and I don't know, maybe because I, this was a shorter run, right? This was an eight episode season, eight or ten. Yeah, it was. Like it was that. short. It wasn't I, I, huge. The, the normal Netflix pattern is slowly pacing everything out. Like we've we've all discussed and agreed that some of their shows could have done with like three fewer episodes, so they didn't have to drag it out as much. Luke Cage fell to that, but. I was 110% sold halfway through this episode. I didn't have to wait till the end. The end was a whoo yes. When the, <laughs> the, the the kids, they all meet in the rain and the dark and the lightning. Like, it was mm-hmm. perfectly done. I was sold once I heard the, the, the music. I was, I was sold with the opening <laughs> credits. I mean. And there's really not much to it. It's just, like, the title cards... Or the title card, mm-hmm. and the it's like it's not even like real. It's not music. It's not like a theme song. It's just it's, it's very atmospheric. It's very atmospheric, much yes, uh, but it's very synth heavy. But what's really so fascinating about this, and I really particularly like not even just the music that plays over the opening credits, but the music that played uh, dirt when they're uh, before he gets chased by the monster when the two of them are riding around talking about that X-Men comic. Mm -hmm. Actually, when they're all riding home, it's very synth heavy. It's very eighties, but it's also modern. And that's something that this show does so extraordinarily well. It's like the show was made in the eighties, except all those people in the eighties were suddenly given access to 2016 technology, which they, they dulled down to make it look more eighties. Yeah, yeah, I, it, it had an '80s movie quality look to it. Yeah, I mean, like so, seriously, some of my favorite stuff that happens and it's like happening in entertainment right now. Uh, I mean, like you know, I'm a video game guy, and there is a game that was released recently called Shovel Knight, uh, which is a perfect example of a game that is designed to look like it was running on an old Nintendo in the '80s, mm-hmm. except it's doing things that a Nintendo could never dream to do because it's running on modern technology and. When I see that kind of stuff applied to movies as well, I really, really love it when when people do that kinds of that kind of stuff because it it almost gives you an HD lens into life at that time, you know, <laughs> SD world. <laughs> it's sort of um, like retro styling with modern functionality. Yes. Yeah. Now, I don't. I wanted to do more research on this because there's that little bit where they they do the the bike race and he and he claims the X Men 134. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I was wondering if you knew exactly what comic that was. <laughs> I, I looked it up, and it it doesn't stand out to me, so I'm gonna have to to look into it. But it's uh, the heroine of the Hellfire Club. It's about Jean Grey, and and I want it. I really want it to be purposeful, not like hey, we just picked some random numbers because I felt that, like, the, the what's their names? The Duffer Brothers, like, thought about every second of this show and put meaning behind everything. 
So I, I, I have to do slightly more research. Um, where was Matthew Modine before this? Oh, all kinds of things. Not that I can name any of them. Because <laughs> I feel like he now was that just... you've put me on the spot. I feel like he was just non-existent, and all of a sudden, he's back. And I was happy. Like, hey, I remember that guy. I don't know why I remember him. Where was he from? I don't know. Like, that whole team... Like the like, everything was so creepy when it when when they show up at that institute, and I don't know if they were doing it on purpose, but like just it felt like nobody wanted to be there, and that just goes to the the credit of you know the set design and and the, the of course the, the the filming of it 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 was just really like it was visceral at all times. Like there was no breaking where you know, like oh, I don't believe this. Like it's this is out of place. Nothing of it. Nothing of the show was out of place. I have a, I have an answer for you. Go ahead. X Men One Thirty Four is where Dark Phoenix first appears. Is that it? There yeah. you go. Uh, that makes sense. Dark Phoenix is a, a very similar character, I suppose. The Phoenix Jean Grey mental powers Eleven. There's definitely some uh, some continuity things there. Uh, Good for them. Like, I'm proud of them right now. There's definitely some links there, <laughs> and there's also I'm I'm reading this uh this 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 comment thread here, where uh, it's, I'll just read what he says. This is uh, posted submitted by somebody named A Year of Prompts on a Stranger Things board. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says, but that's not all. In the book, the Dark Phoenix is accidentally unleashed by the Mastermind, who is tinkering around in Jean's brain, trying to trying to unlock the full the full potential for powers. This is comparable to Brenner pushing Eleven to go poke the monster, and then tearing the dimensional wall by accident, letting the monster into our universe. Furthermore, in the comic, there's a scene where Jean slash Phoenix uses her mental powers to pin Mastermind to the wall and then unloads on him with the full force of her mind, putting him into a coma, which is exactly how Eleven defeats the monster in the school, pinning it to the wall and deciding to make it so he can't hurt anyone anymore. Just just so you know, as you were reading that, I got chills. <laughs> I got a little chill. That's so this. cool. <laughs> like, that's what... What are their Matt and Ross Duffer who throw their names on everything? Writer, like, like they gave themselves mm-hmm. a lot of cards, um, but they did. They they paid so much attention to the things that normally will just get overlooked, mm-hmm. and that's a, like it's a, a true credit to them. Like really, I hope like season two is coming. Um, I hope they keep up. Like they've set the, a very high bar for themselves. Yeah, the season two does concern me a little bit because when a, a show is this singularly good, like there's a lot of pressure to follow that up, mm-hmm. and a lot of shows aren't capable of doing that, especially when something is so so brilliant like this. Um, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, it's well, not I that mean, far if, off, if, right? If you if no, it it isn't. If you look at like the the Marvel movie or Marvel shows, mm-hmm. they they keep building off of themselves and keep getting if they're not there's their their quality is equal to each other if not either a little bit better or you know depending on your opinion a little bit worse none of it has been bad and that this is you know a netflix show that's why i have high hopes for season two it's a short it's you know hopefully they they keep it as condensed as they do they don't go overboard and it's no. still only going to be uh, well. It's going to be one more episode. This first season was eight episodes. The second season is going to be nine. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. And I loved how they did the trailer for season two, where they were just like all the episode titles followed by the words season two. And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> neat. <laughs> so, I mean, I like this show. If you have, ne- even if you don't have Netflix, this show is one of, this is one of those shows that is worth the one month subscription to Netflix to watch. Like if you, if you Netflix oh, is worth subscribing to period. It Just is. Subscribe to Netflix. It's worth your money. <laughs> Yeah, if if this is any uh, recommendation of the show, we are people, Chris and I are people who do not have time to binge shows. <laughs> we finished this in two days. Yeah, we just, we needed to know what happened next. And so it was just that important. And uh, when we rewatched it to talk about it tonight, we almost started another rewatch. <laughs> You're like, we need to turn this off right now. Stop or it, we're stop not it. moving. Or we're staying up all night. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I felt the same way. Like I, I had to stop myself because I didn't want to rewatch episode two or three because I didn't want them to get jumbled. I wanted it to just be see episode one fresh. And I, we just this was not this is not old. No, this, yeah, July, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So it's not like years have gone by and it need, I need a refresher. Like. That's how good this show is. It draws you in immediately, and you care about all the characters, and it's like visually stimulated. It's it's just very, very, very well done. And can we talk a minute about? um, Because I feel like there was a deterrent initially for Chris and I, which is that we had heard that there were a lot of jump scares. Mm. Uh, We we waited on this. We slept on this a few weeks because we were just like. We didn't, like like we said in the beginning of the show, we didn't know what it was about. We knew it was, everybody said it was great. There was a lot of 80s stuff. But we also heard there was a lot of, you know, horror elements and jump scares. And that's not our thing. So okay. we were a little trepidatious. Uh, and there are jump scares. Mm-hmm. But I think what saved them is there weren't too many. And also, like, the things that caused you to jump when you found out what they were they weren't necessarily always that scary. Like, in this one, there was the jump scare at the end where Eleven showed up. Mm -hmm. But when you find out, oh, it's just a little girl in the rain. Yeah. And most of them you you see... You didn't end up being pissed about that jump scare. Most of the jump scares, like, you sort of see coming. Like, yeah. Like, all right, Will's getting chased. I know. I know he's going to get caught, because if he doesn't get caught, this show doesn't really progress. Like, I know something's right. going to happen. The episode's called The Vanishing of Will I know, Byers. that's he's my gonna point. going to get caught. <laughs> uh, but that that was another thing that that uh, I felt they did well. Um, there was a horror, you know, traditional horror elements, not always my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. So Will running away from a monster might be something that I would be like, Nope, don't want to see this, like you were saying before, with the kids being in real danger. Mm-hmm. But uh, Will, I feel like, is one of the smartest horror story victims I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he crashes his bike, he just leaves it and runs. You know, he, <laughs> uh, and, and, he and gets <laughs> home, he immediately starts looking for people, and he finds no people, he gets on the phone. He sees that the monster's outside, he immediately goes like, okay, I gotta get out of here because it's gonna trap me in here if I don't get out and like goes and gets a gun. Like this kid does he yeah. he's he seen TV correctly. before <laughs> as we say in this yeah. He's seen TV before. He knows what's what. <laughs> and so I really appreciated not having my time 
I think that's that's one thing that this show does uh, is not it doesn't waste your time. Yeah. Like you were saying that the pacing was really good. Mm-hmm. It, it it doesn't waste time on like oh you know he's gonna get caught because he's a stupid kid and he went and tried to hide under the bed or something you know it it just got the story moving right along by having the characters be smart and do things that make sense except for the dumb romance between you know Steve and like that was unnecessary I don't know Meh. Nancy could have just been cool I I'm good. I feel I feel good about this. I like chatting about the show with you guys. <laughs> it's Agreed. a good show. Yeah. It's, a, it's a very good show. All right, so let's take a quick break. Uh, when we get back, we got some some news to talk about. Stay tuned. Football is quickly becoming one of the more controversial sports out there, and now that there's some high-profile protests going on, the sport is neck deep in unusual attention. How do these things affect teams and the leagues as a whole? Check out Matt Sizemore's latest article, Take a Stand for Our Country, located in the Think Tank. B Cosplay's latest video is by far their most comprehensive yet. In fact, you would be hard-pressed to find a more comprehensive video on the topic. What topic is that? Building cosplay armor, of course! Check out B Cosplay's In the Workshop, from concept to completion. Comprehensive! Black Mirror is a very interesting show, and Chip Garrison is here to prove that point to you. With the current state of the country being as it is after this volatile election season, there might not be a better time than now to watch a show like this one. Give a read to Black Mirror, The Revolution Will Be Digitized. Ladies and gentlemen, the next president of the United States is also a member of the WWE Hall of Fame. But Dan Ryan thinks that maybe we as a nation chose the wrong Hall of Famer for the job. Check out his list of other inductees who would make potentially better presidents than the one we wound up with. And why I love wrestling, catharsis. You can catch all this great stuff plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more right now at geekade.com. And we're back. Thanks for checking out our commercials. So let's chat about some news. Hmm. I have never, not once, watched a Food Network show on Netflix. Have either of you? I feel like I might have while, like, <laughs> that, that looking like for an episode. Of... <laughs> yeah, exactly. I... <laughs> I, like, I feel like I've put on Chopped or something, you know, to have something in the background when there was literally nothing in the background on cable when we had cable. Okay. Like, I it was a very, very last resort. Most definitely have watched Good Eats on Netflix before. Okay. There All right. Go. All right. Well, I, it seems like Food Network, Cooking Channel, and HDTV are leaving Netflix at the beginning of next I, year. I think that's probably fine because yeah yeah, i don't think it's that big of of, a i don't think it's the their programming is not like active watching most of the time i think it's a very passive thing and so you're not going to go to netflix and like Mm -hmm. oh let me have a you know a best food uh oh what the hell is that show called food network star marathon like that's just not going to happen well i okay it's it it's I I feel no loss by it leaving, and I watch a lot Ditto. of Netflix, so I will live. Um, 
<laughs> okay, Legends of Tomorrow. Either Yay. of you, either of you <laughs> watching them. it? No, I haven't yet. even sniffed it yet. We have so little time for <laughs> no, TV. Fully understand. We were just dedicating our uh, superhero time to Supergirl, Flash, and Arrow. But uh, since the CW app has been pretty bajiggity, we've been uh, not. We've just been kind of like, all right, well, let's catch up on other stuff. And since I, you know, like I said, I signed up for Sling. Uh, we did officially take the plunge on Sling, and we did the deal with the whole Apple TV thing. So hopefully, once that shows up, it's uh, the it will be nice and easy to watch the CW app because uh, right now it won't work on older Apple TVs. And mm. the thing about the CW app and a lot of apps in general is the way that they stream the content is they interrupt the feed to throw in commercials, mm-hmm. and when it's done on a separate device, that means that like. So, for example, like the CW app, what we do now is we load it up on the desktop and then stream it to the Apple TV through AirPlay. Yeah. And every time it switches over to commercials, it's it's another opportunity for something to go awry. Yeah, it sort of like uh, cuts the signal, throws a new signal in there, then once the commercials are over, it yeah. Exactly. Because what it is, is it is it has, and, and you, you can see this sometimes, it has one entire episode like uncut in there mm-hmm. like and then they add the commercial they they stop the uncut thing that they're playing to throw the commercials in and sometimes you can see it where it'll go to commercial like a half a second early mm-hmm. and then when it comes back from commercial you see the end of the last scene and <laughs> yeah. then it starts up the new scene and the fade to black for where a commercial should be yeah exactly no i will say that in the limited time i've spent with sling so far it is a fantastic service uh, I love the interface, and it is it is not like that with the commercials. It just streams just like live TV. It's all one constant stream. So, cool. All Looking right, back forward to using it more. But anyway, back to, back to business. <laughs> haven't uh, no, haven't even sniffed this season. Though the previews I've seen make it look really fun. They yeah, they, and the fact that it, the season order has been extended makes me think that. Yes, maybe we will watch this season. Well, yeah. not like, only I'm never going to go back and finish the last season because that was dumb, <laughs> and I don't care about Hawkman and Hawkgirl. <laughs> that whole and friggin' what was his name? Uh, <laughs> Vandal Savage. Savage. <laughs> like, come on, Vandal Savage is an awesome villain. That guy was like, he he was another charisma vacuum, you know. <laughs> yes, out with friggin' Kurt Weller and just. <laughs> Legends of Tomorrow. Dead fishing all over the screen. Four episodes in this season. Actually, their their run was kicked up to not only to equal last seasons, they got one more. So apparently on them. Legends of Tomorrow is doing better than expected. Um, Supergirl. I don't know how long ago the rumor came out that there was going to be a gay character. And we all started mm-hmm. placing bets. I don't think any of us guessed this. Um, I think I did. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Karen did. Mm, all right. I mean, I don't know for sure. It didn't. This doesn't surprise me because I feel like we went through the list and we we're like, yeah, that makes sense. And then the only reason we didn't, like, she suggested that, and then I suggested that it probably wasn't her because she had a whole romantic thing with that, you know, douchebag dude earlier in the season. Like, right. This is definitely uh, strikes me as a thing that was <laughs> written into the show and not uh, intended from the beginning. But I'd, whatever. I I I all right. Say that comment one more time. You think it was intended from the beginning? No. This okay. strikes me as something that was definitely not intended from okay. the beginning. 
that somebody decided to write into the show and it is slightly contradictory to things that happened earlier, but it's not, it's a complicated, it's a complicated issue. So it's not like, I think I might be one episode out from current, um, the way they're handling it, they're doing, they're, they're, they're doing a good job with it. Mm -hmm. So Alex, Supergirl, Kara's sister is Mm -hmm. the one who's coming out. Um, that's great. Uh, apparently, there's the the episode where it actually happens. There's some sort of weirdness between her and her her sister, mm. but it's you know misunderstandings and whatnot. Like the, the way this show does the sister connection is really good. Like I heard yes, Kevin Smith say it at best. It makes me want to have a sister and to be a girl. <laughs> <laughs> but on the other hand, this show does fall into the same trap that all. CW uh, DC shows fall into is that uh, most problems that exist could be avoided if characters would just talk to one another. Shut up your face. That's television. (laughs) Yeah, but I feel like at least on Flash, that was something we noted that didn't happen so much. Yes, that is true. Like Um, last last season on Flash, there were a lot. There was a lot of shit, particularly with Iris, that she could have like got all butthurt about but she just like was like no this is reasonable i understand why you did what you did and i'm cool communication is key in these shows and it's a key that some people have just lost uh, i also i also think that alex um they did you know play her against the i can't think of the actor's name who but max the lex luther of this max lord yeah. yeah yeah um they played that so that she was using her femininity initially before he realized she was a DEO agent to like, you know, try and get things out of him. Mm-hmm. But that to me, they never got across that she was actually interested in him, just that mm-hmm. he had the hots for her and she was using that to her advantage. Hmm. I could see it that way. That's, that's the way it came across to me. Okay. Um, Brett Gelman was having some issues with Adult Swim. Um, apparently there is some, I don't want to say mistreatment. Uh, Brett Gelman, who has a lot of ties with Adult Swim, is severing them because of their treatment of women. Uh, apparently they have nothing in the works with any women, female creators. It's, and towards the end of this article, it got political. Mm -hmm. He's just very unhappy and he has left which is good for that guy good for him not so good for adult swim because that guy is like stupidly talented and quite funny so i find it interesting that i feel like i read somewhere in that article that this was he's not the first one to to say things like that that Mm -hmm. it's not really the greatest environment for women Mm -hmm. and uh that kind of makes me sad because i do like a lot of adult swim stuff or at least I, i used to a long long time ago right I haven't I f- watched Adult Swim in a long in a long time since it stopped being like mainly cartoons. Hmm. So I feel like this is an issue that you know we're hearing about more and more in the entertainment industry, where you know um, pe- women are being offered, uh, you know, for example, being offered less money mm. than a male counterpart to do basically the same work, um, and we've seen that a lot with actors. So this is. To my knowledge, one of the first instances I've seen of the uh, problem being brought to light on the creative side, 
Um, but sure, it, I'm sure it must happen. And and also, if you think if you read like um, uh, Mindy Kaling or uh, Tina Fey of, and Amy Poehler, they've all written books, and I think they've all talked about you know being in being the only woman in a writer's room and mm-hmm. you know facing discrimination as a result of that. So yeah, it's always the, been thought of as like a boys' club and. Yeah, that's so it's it's absolutely commendable of this guy to take that side because previously it's just the women saying, hey, we're getting fucked here and no men coming to the, you know, stand up, back them up on that. So this is really nice to see. Didn't uh, I feel like this I might be remembering this wrong, but didn't Duchovny like say no, because they offered Gillian Anderson like a fraction of what Duchovny made and he was just like. No, screw you. <laughs> you pay her what you pay me. Uh, that rings a bell, yeah. But and yeah, it is, a, it is an uncommon tale, and mm-hmm. uh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's yeah. just... He does make it a point in, in one of... There's, they have a couple of, um, you know, uh, tweets and, and whatnot highlighted, but there is a little blurb in the middle of this article where he talks about there's a difference between talking about something and doing something. Like great, you, you you sympathize and you're you're, you know, flapping your gums. That's great. I'm actually doing something, and we all need to start doing something to rectify this situation, which is absolutely true. It's it's a very valid point. Something needs to be done. Hopefully, this is the start of something good. Uh, Karen, you brought this to my attention. Now, I didn't know who this this woman was, and you seemed to be quite upset about it. PBS NewsHour co-anchor Gwen Ifill has passed away at 61. Yeah, she uh, is an amazing newswoman, uh, just super high on the uh, integrity scale. Mm-hmm. She uh, was a moderator of some of the debates we saw this year okay, and did an amazing job of just like keeping some ridiculous shit under control (laughs) um and yeah i mean uh, there's there's been a lot out there in the world lately um about the news being biased one way or the other Mm -hmm. and i think pbs news is one of the few places that just does good reporting without a lot of bias and she is a big, she was, excuse me, a big part of that. So it really sucks that she's not around right now because that's, that's she's, the type of journalist we could use right yeah, now. She would be needed, yeah. Uh, just a quick blurb from there. Gwen was the standard bearer for courage, fairness, and integrity in an industry going through seismic change. She was a mentor to so many across the industry and her professionalism was respected across po- the political spectrum. She was a journalist's journalist and set example for all around her. That's great. That's beautiful. Good, like, bucket of win, good job. Sad to see her go. Especially so young. Yeah, yeah. 61, cheesy, crazy. Um, FX is going to be putting on a Why the Last Man series. I'll believe it when I say. <laughs> okay, because I had the same feeling. I, I, I had to go ahead and hold my breath right now. Hold on, I, I feel like it. The but I know the book came out in like early two thousand. Hold on, let me scroll, 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 scroll. Okay, two thousand two. Two thousand two. 
I feel like in 2002 and a half, they started talking about making this into a show. <laughs> and it should be, because yeah. this has every potential to be really good television. And FX, okay, mm-hmm. I can see that. That network has put on some really good shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love to see this come to fruition. I really, really would. Uh, but again, it's it's an I'll believe it when I see it kind of situation. But then again, the preacher show finally happened. That's also so, true. That's true. All right, so there's and hope. That's been, yeah. So we'll we'll say why the last man is a comic book based series about the last person to on Earth having the Y chromosome. Last guy. Last male <laughs> organism, right? Yeah. It was all the animals too, right? Yes. Uh, was Except his for, monkey a male? Yeah. His capu- yeah. It was his him cap- and his monkey. His capuchin. <laughs> Um, Everybody's got something to hide except for him and his monkey. <laughs> uh, so it's it absolutely should be a, a television show. Apparently, um, Michael Green and Brian K. Vaughn, who is the creator of Why the Last Man, are teaming up to start writing for it. So that's great. Good, 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 good. Uh, I'm going to skip the next one in our list. I'm going to go back to it. I want that to be the end. Because I feel like you and I, we are going to discuss this, the three of us. Um, Marvel and humans. I, 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 boy, they really, really want us to like the Inhumans. Yeah, they really do. Like <laughs> one of our first episode titles was "They're shoving Inhumans down my throat." Yeah, <laughs> and, they they are. Are. and they still are. And they still are. They're doing something. All right, there was supposed to be a movie, in 2019, I think, mm-hmm. and yeah. I. I could have sworn that it got shelved, but now... Th- it did, yeah. Okay. Around with the time when they decided that they were, like, changing the Infinity War Part 1 and Part 2 is going to be Infinity War and something else. They were all like, yeah, and Inhumans, we're making that's it. just not really... We're doing something else with that. So we all well, thought when they said that, that it was the shit that was going on in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but apparently that's not it, because they're also going to make an Inhumans television show about the royal family like the inhumans proper like when comic book fans hear the term inhumans we think of at least two maybe three very distinct characters and that's black bolt medusa medusa and karnak oh see no i wasn't gonna say karnak i was gonna say the bulldog because everybody knows that goddamn bulldog yeah (laughs) lockjaw um which the well, you, you say that everyone knows those characters, but not everyone knows oh, no, no, those no. characters. I'm saying like, like comic book they're fans who know of them. as hell yes. in far as far as like the general population of knowing Marvel characters. Yeah, but, but Evan said comic book fans that's know true, those characters. Yeah. It's it, but I mean my, this is something that Marvel has complete control over, unlike mutants, and it is a very similar type of story that they can be telling mm-hmm. with these characters. Mm-hmm. So theoretically. They're going to be doing. They're going to be filming all of this in I, on IMAX cameras, so they're going to be showing the first two episodes in IMAX theaters and hoo hoo ha ha. I, we still haven't really. This is all guessing. Like, yes, we're going to get a, an Inhumans television show. Maybe it's going to be like Game of Thrones because it's a royal family and you know in fighting and all of that shit. Who the nobody really knows. It's on ABC. It can't possibly be like Game of Thrones. It can't be. So, but it will, at the very least, tie into Agents of Shield because it's on the same network. Mm-hmm. So Maybe they. I would be shocked if they didn't really 
if they didn't have more cohesion between this and Agents of Shield. I would hope so. They have t- they have taken a, a, a very far step away from the actual Inhuman story for Agents of Shield. Because mm-hmm. the Inhumans, but I feel like what's there could still exist because it's you know this is really just the Inhumans we know about on Agents of Shield are the ones that were you know because of the whole Terrigen bomb that hit mm-hmm. the planet you know not anything about we we know very little about Inhumans before that mm-hmm. besides like what we learned about on that magical mystical island where they were all like you know <laughs> the evil lady go to war with the humans and blah 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 one so I don't know. I'm just really interested to see how a character like these characters, because like, mm-hmm. they're funky looking. Mm-hmm. They're <laughs> I'm weird. really curious how they're going to translate them to live action properly. Well, I, I mean, I'm, I'd, I really like Black Bolt. I think he's a great character. One of my favorite comic book scenes out of all the comic book scenes in comics proper involves him getting his ass kicked by the Hulk. <laughs> Phenomenal stuff. Yeah. I, w- I was just going to say, you're talking about the bit where he says, I didn't come here for a whisper, I came here for a scream. Yes, and then he's holding his limp body and it's on the big projector screen. Anywho, that's comic book talk for another podcast. Um, John Stewart, thank God, is going to do an animated news show on HBO. Um, I have watched a lot recently because he's with the whole election thing he he's been very popular mm-hmm. again he's been a bit active active that's a good it's word been for very it delightful he's to hear him talk always been popular he's been more active mm-hmm. um this is it's going to be um shorts simplified art style so that they can be put out simplified digital animation done so they can do it quickly so if a news thing hits, they can do a little animated short about it. And then they're going to collect them all together and then air them. Um, what I like best about this story is that Jon Stewart is getting the the, 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 the animation team together. Like, yeah, he's basically he's creating his own animation studio. Yeah, which... I, 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 that, it, perfect. I mean, he is spot on comedy wise, especially when it comes to, to to news comedy. His he's animated himself, like when he talks, like he does those little. He he's meant to be in cartoon form. So <laughs> this is. I also. Good. I also think it's great that it's going to be on HBO. That was my next um, point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we saw how much. Well, I don't know. I always thought John Oliver was great on The Daily Show, but holy shit, he's amazing on HBO. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, it, I, I, I'm trying to think how this could, outside of me, how could this be messed up? The only thing, maybe the animation? I don't know. But if it's, if it's his sensibility with, you know, it, a, a dirtier, uh, like, Comedy Central what was that show that he did? I can't. Uh, what's? I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> a Comedy Central, his new show. The Daily, the Daily show? Daily Show. Holy crap! <laughs> I couldn't get John Oliver out of my head. Well, John Oliver was on the Daily yes. Show. Um, a Daily Show with an HBO sensibility. You know the dirtiness, the, the lines that they can cross. He just. I mean, he, he's untethered he, now. And he, he was bleeped a fair bit on The Daily Show. Yes. So now he just won't be bleeped. 
Or he won't even have to think about being bleeped. All right, and finally, I don't know how I feel about this story. I, I read the story, then I read a couple of the quotes, and then I saw someone post it on Facebook. Apparently, Net or Disney is going, possibly, maybe buying Netflix. And the one of the main reasons is for um, Reed Hastings, who is the I think the creator or co-founder or whatever his title is of Netflix. He's the guy who created it. Within this article, I did not realize AT&T bought Time Warner. So that was another bit of information that popped out. In an $85 billion acquisition. I, wait, Chomp change. <laughs> um, so let's say Disney buys Netflix. Okay, Be- Let's not. Why? I just don't think Disney needs to own everything. Like, really. They own ABC, and mm-hmm. they own Star Wars, and they own Marvel, mm-hmm. and they own Disney. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like that there are different... I, I don't like the one giant corporate umbrella owns everything okay. mentality. Now- and I think Disney owns enough distribution channels, and I like the fact that Netflix is its own thing. Okay, within this article, which I was unaware of, they posted great uh, Q3. It was a great Q3 for them. A third quarter reporting was phenomenal. But they are going to have to find a buyer soon because their their um, method, their, 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 their... People buy Netflix and monthly pay for it. If they continue with the, apparently they want to do fifty percent of their output will be original content. They need a constant increasing stream in, not yes, just the same they amount need more of money. money. Yeah, they need more monies coming in. So let's say everybody gets Netflix. That's it. That that unless they raise their prices, mm-hmm. Netflix will it will not increase, and. Having a giant like Disney behind them, I think might be a good thing for them. We could. I get- mean, it did wonders for Marvel. I'm not going to dis- disparage that. They've also did wonders successfully. For Star Wars. They did great things for Marvel. They successfully reinvigorated the Star Wars brand. They do great things. It's just giant corporate takeovers make me a little nervous. That's all. <laughs> Karen, how do you feel? Uh, I don't have any reason to not like it, I think. Uh, I, I I haven't found a reason to not like it. I, I can see Chris's point about, you know, mm-hmm. diversifying the market. Uh, I can also see your point about the fact that they're going to need to get more money if they're going to keep making awesome shows. Um, it almost makes me feel like they're going to, if they do this, that they would then split Netflix into, like, let off the uh, original programming part of it into something else so that you can pay a flat fee for like one flat fee for just Netflix that you know their library of content and then another flat fee for a different fee mm-hmm. for the original content that would be like 
you know, something akin to the streaming mm-hmm. services like, uh, or the apps that, uh, like it, the HBO has its own app mm-hmm. and they ha- they make all their own programming on it. That is a, that's a possibility, and I don't know if I would, I don't know if I would be upset with that. I think I might pay for the original co- a, a channel for original Netflix content, just original Netflix content, because as of late, I'm really not scrolling through Netflix's library. It's more, I will go for their, you know, specifically, if I'm, like, hunting through the menu, I will look for the things that say Netflix at the top of them that denote it being one of their own. Yeah, I mean, if I'm looking for something new, but on the same token, it's also kind of the equivalent of waiting for it to come out on video now, is just wait for it to hit Netflix as far as TV shows are concerned. Mm -hmm. Movies, not so much, but, I mean, you know... There's a, every possibility, like Legends of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We might just wait until the season's over and then catch it on Netflix. <laughs> gotcha. Probably what we'll do with Walking Dead. It's a just kind of it's it's a different way of uh, binge watching television, not necessarily stuff that's produced by them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm trying to look for I'm scrolling back and forth through this article, trying to look for the CEO of Disney as of right now, because his name is in there. But he is looking to retire. He's looking to leave. And he's postponed that a number of times because, you know, finding a suitable replacement. And they, the the rumor mill is, is that getting um, Hastings would be for that. You know, buying Netflix to get Reed Hastings so that he can run Disney as well. So, I don't know. It's a change that's going to happen. I would rather it go to a a company that has proven so far to improve things as opposed to just changing them. I would vastly prefer Disney to Comcast. <laughs> wow. Okay. Because they're the other ones that go around buying shit up. And no, Comcast is not allowed to have anything. No new nice Comcast things for Comcast. Are the that- Disney CEO is Bob Iger. Bob by Iger. The way. Yes. Thank you. So, uh, that's it. That's all I got for the news. You guys cool? You guys good? I'm great. Okay. Chris. Yeah. Um, I hear that there may be a way for those out there to talk to us in here. Well, you heard right, because you can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com, as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook with both our Geekade page and the This Week's Episode page. Find us on Instagram at Geekade. Subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content. And follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade. Or follow the show specifically at Twepcast. Or you can find us individually at, uh, well, I'm at Geekade Chris. That's Geekade K-R-I-S. Evan is at Geekade underscore Evan. And Karen is at Shoot underscore the underscore moon. If you're interested in more information about anything we discussed tonight, be sure to check out the show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of other wonderful podcasts on iTunes or Stitcher, where if you're super duper nice, you can leave us a super duper review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com where we post something new every single day. Back to you, Evan. Thank you so much, Chris. Um, If I'm not mistaken, Karen, it's your turn, right? Indeed you are. You oh. are not mistaken at all. Oh, oh. So so, what are we watching next week? Well, uh, as we just said, that 
A lot of uh, original Netflix programming seems to be the way to go these days, and I uh, certainly found myself in that position last week when I binged the entire season of The Crown. Uh, so I wanted to uh, for you guys to check some of this out to see how good it is. So we're going to go with The Crown, Season 1, Episode 7, Scientia Potentia Est. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I've never heard of that show. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> You haven't let me down yet, Karen, so here's hoping. All right. That's it. Thank you guys for checking us out. Karen, Chris, thank you so much for, you know, just sticking with this. I really appreciate it. You know, you guys are busy. Oh, and you're welcome. Kids and family and life. And- I would like to thank our daughter for staying the fuck to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did hear a, a warble in the background at one point, yep, and I felt there, everybody there tighten. assholes tightening all around all right so from all of us here at this week's episode i'm evan i'm karen walt i I mean will (laughs) good night walt 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 f off walt unresolved plot threads from lost (laughs) And this concludes our broadcast day.